Praise the Lord. Let's uh, look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. As uh, we continue worshiping, you know, uh, giving is an act of worship. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 actually teaches us that our giving comes up as a sweet-smelling savor of fragrance before the Lord. So like, hmm, that smells good. I like that. I want some more of that. That piques my interest. Praise the Lord. But in Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to focus on verse 8. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Anybody ever heard of tithing? Amen. Tithing? Amen. Praise the Lord. Tithe means 10%. Tithe means 10%. A lot of times we uh, will quote it from Malachi or read in Malachi, talking about bring all the tithe into the storehouse, house, says the Lord. See if I'll not re rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Open up the windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing that you're not able to contain it. Um, but you know, tithing first happened when uh, Melchizedek, who, who was a type of Jesus Christ, and some people actually believe it was an appearance of Jesus Christ, I'm in this group, uh, before he came in the flesh, when he met Abraham returning from the battle of the kings, and Abraham uh, gained great victory because of the hand of the Lord was upon him, and when he came back, uh, the priest met him on his way back with the riches before he even had a chance to get it in his own Whatever. I don't know if they had a safe or like where they would store all that. You know, but on the way back, he meets him. And it says that Abraham gave him a tenth of all. A tenth of all of the, the riches, the spoils, the increase that he had gotten from the Battle of the Kings. Really because the Lord had given him victory, so he was honoring the Lord through this. Well, this is way before Moses received the law. So, you know, tithing is not under the law. And some people say, well, tithing was under the law, so then I don't, I, I don't tithe today. Well, that, that's great. I, I guess you don't even need to do that. You, you don't need to do that. Because what was required under, under the law was like just a strict minimum so that we did something so we could be under the blessing, but we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. So how much more should we give? How much more should we sow? So, uh, you know, that argument kind of goes right out the window if you are a believer. That's really quiet. Okay. So <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 is in uh, which covenant, the old one or the new one? It's the New Covenant or the New Testament, right? And so uh, this is New Testament. So somebody said, like, uh, that tithing, that's all in the Old Testament. Well, there's tithing in the Old Testament, but then there's also tithing in the New Testament. Verse 8 of uh, chapter 7 of Hebrews says, And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. Along the narrow way, yeah. You didn't say it loud enough and nobody else could hear you. Do you realize when we tithe, it is a tangible declaration of our faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like, I am declaring every time I tithe, you know, mine is set up automatically, 
Uh, it's a lot easier that way, the tithe. And so uh, every time I instructed that computer program, every time, every time that computer initiates what I told it to do, I am declaring, I believe that Jesus raised from the dead. I am declaring that Jesus is Lord. And over what greater thing that touches our lives, kind of like every day, than our finance to declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Every bit of increase, you know, honor the Lord with all of your increase, right? So uh, the first fruits of your increase. And so the first thing in my life, the first thing financially is I honor the Lord. I'm honoring the Lord, right? So I'm honoring him in what? The tithe. I'm honoring because the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. I'm honoring him because uh, I don't have the strength or the knowledge or the wisdom apart from him to live a life of victory and to live a life of overcoming. I'm honoring him because I believe Jesus rose from the dead. So here... Men that die receive tithes. So you may see something happening here with your tithe, but don't ever let that be the end of your faith. There he receives it. You know, uh, David said in Psalm 62, my expectation is only on him. My expectation is only on him. So, you know, there are many natural things that we do in our worship of the Lord. But if you, if you let that just be the end of it, like, you know, I, I gave that money and now that's the last I'll ever see it. Well, you need to learn the word. If you take a seed and you plant it in the ground and you believe that's the last you'll ever see of that, you don't understand seed time and harvest. You don't understand the power of a seed. And so Jesus taught us it, it is, there is more blessing in giving than there is in receiving. So if we want a blessing... Financially, concerning financial things, the greatest thing we can do, uh, one of the greatest things we can do is to sow a seed, a financial seed, right? Where we think, well, I, I need to see this coming in. Well, the Lord will take care of your needs. I mean, Jesus said if, you, if he takes care of the birds of the air and the plants on the ground, how much more valuable are you than they are? Oh, you of little faith. You know, you feel like that might be a horrible thing to hear from Jesus. But you know, if Jesus ever says that to you, that is the most wonderful thing in the world you could ever hear. Because that says, I love you. And I'm going to tell you how you can actually turn that situation around. You understand? Like sometimes we look at a correction like, like, uh, oh, this is horrible. Well, that's not a bad thing to hear. I mean, it's not exciting to hear it. But at the same point, if you realize what's happening, uh, he, he that loves life loves correction. 
I happen to be in front of some of my kids here. And so Jesus loves us enough and God loved us enough to send his word to us so that we could actually get direction and correction. And we could actually go in the right way. So uh, we honor the Lord with our tithes and uh, we worship him, we magnify him, and we're declaring that Jesus is Lord. Right? So sometimes the greatest thing you need to do in the face of uh, financial difficulties is declare the Lordship of Jesus. And if you, if you already uh, consistently uh, pay your tithes, honor the Lord with your tithes, then your mouth must be moving. Your mouth must be moving. In other words, where is the money going to come from? How come I'm a tither and I'm a giver and it seems like things are breaking and things are being taken from me. How come? Well, uh, you know, some reasons is because uh, you live in a fallen world. Jesus said moth and rust destroy. And so if you put all of your value in things, you're going to be very disappointed. You know, if you value things higher than you value uh, the Lord and the things of the Lord, uh, you'll be very disappointed. But the other thing is, uh, one of the greatest ways that the enemy exerts his authority in the earth is through finances. And so if you don't take authority over your finances and tell the devil to take his filthy, rotten, stinking hands off of your money and all of your possessions, he will ransack you because there's not much, I think, that gives him greater pleasure than to have... Uh, someone who says that they believe what God said and uh, then he wants to come against us with circumstances and if we don't stop him, he makes it look like God is a liar. He hasn't changed. Hmm? And did God say that if you eat of that tree? You, you look at it in Genesis. The serpent said to Eve, hmm? And did God say? He's like, really? You know how the Lord is? You know, excuse me, you know how God is? He doesn't care about you. He's immediately from his first, like, I love that that's in the word. It's like his first inflection or attitude is, you know, questioning. And, and did God say? And then he like twisted what the Lord said. Well, he, he's doing the same thing today. And so faith is not the absence of challenges and problems. It is in the face, right in your face, the challenges and the problems that you know whose you are and who has conquered every challenge and every problem. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am because of what the Lord has done. Man, every time we get some extra money, something takes it. Now, is that the words 
of a believer who's speaking what the word declares? No. So what do you do if you catch yourself saying that or something like that? Man, it seems like every time we get some extra, it's gone. Something takes it. Sure glad I'm redeemed from that. Sure glad that's, that's, that would be true if it weren't for the blood of Jesus. That would be true if it weren't for the work of Jesus. Well, you just keep on talking. Just keep this. You know you like to talk anyhow. Just, just keep the sentence going. You know? Or sometimes I, I find myself and I'll say, I don't believe a word of what I just said. I don't believe a word that I just said. And then I'll say, that was just my flesh. Sure, my flesh feels like that, but that's not what. So this, this is your opportunity. So you give yourself an opportunity. But that's not what I believe. And so where you believe is where you take a stand on how you're going to live. Right? So, and, and then as you're taking your stand, you realize, oh, devil, I, I know what you're doing. I see your tactics. You're trying to lie, steal, deceive, destroy. You're trying to take from me. But, but I'm here to tell you, not in my own power, my own strength, in the power, by the power of the blood of Jesus, the very strength of God is mine. I'm a thousand times, a million times bigger on the inside. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And he that's in the world may have, may have put a smoke screen up for me for a second. But devil, I got your number. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not scared of you. I mean, I'd have cause to be scared and cause to be afraid if it weren't for what Jesus did to you. And then the position that he put me in and that he, he united his own spirit with my spirit, that I am one spirit with him. And no longer are you able to dominate me because I'm not ignorant of your devices or of your schemes. And I've actually seen what you're doing. And I'm not going to fall into your evil, maniacal, malicious, manipulating trap. You just start speaking the word. Put your foot down. Put your foot down. Put your fist up. Yeah. Put your foot down. Refuse to accept it. You know that you guys know that story of Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, he tells uh, he was at a standing by a bus stop and he saw this lady with a little. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a little dog, but. Those things can be vicious, let me tell you. Anyhow, a little dog. I saw one at Tractor Supply a few years ago. I was going in there, and that little thing, it just came up and bit me. And those teeth were there like little razor blades, like stuck deep into you. I'm like, your dog just bit me. And the, the girl's like, yeah, I saw that. You want to, like, do something about the dog? So Wigglesworth sees this lady at the Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love the anointing. Hallelujah. <laughs> when the Lord shows up, anything can change. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to have your own vision. He'll give you a vision. Hallelujah. You don't have to have, you know, he'll, he'll supply you a whole bunch of wisdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo. Uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
I think one of the greatest things that Jesus ever said is in Mark 11, 23, and 24. Well, 22, 23, 24. It's really, I think, his greatest teaching on faith. But you notice, like, his greatest teaching on faith is probably his greatest teaching on the authority of the believer. And so uh, you have to exercise your authority. If you don't exercise your authority, the, devil's, the devil is trying to kill you. If you don't let him, he can't. One of the most powerful ways that he kills you, that he steals from you, and that he tries to destroy you is through your own mouth. I have seen some pretty awful things in the presence of God. And you know those awful things were pretty much all of me and nothing of him. When was the last time you heard somebody say, I saw some awful things in the presence of the Lord? Well, you get in the presence of the Lord. Whoa. Be like Isaiah. Woe is me. A man of unclean lips. Right? So what happened? I'll take a fire off the altar and touch your lips. I'll fix your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you say will bring curses on you, what you or what you say will bring blessing on you. What you say will stop the hand of the enemy or free the hand of God. You better watch what you say. You will talk yourself to death if, you, if the devil has his way. But <laughs> be of good cheer. You know, Jesus said, you'll have trouble in the world, but be of good cheer. I have what? I've overcome the world. Well, how in the world does that affect me if he overcame? Good for you, Jesus. I'm glad you're doing good. Don't you see my problem? I'm trying to say me, 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 me. You're talking about you, you, you. I'm saying me, me, me. Well, wow, this is different. Okay, so uh, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That means if we're going to overcome the world, it's going to be in him, in our union with him, our connection with him, our yielded to him under his lordship. So it's going to be by him. I mean, it doesn't say you're greater than he that's in the world. It says greater is the one that's in you than the one that's in the world. You are not your body. So the spirit of the Lord on the inside of the believer is greater than the spirit that's in the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Wigglesworth's at this stop and he sees this woman. And uh, let's just pray for a second. Father, <laughs> wow, we, uh, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you. Thank you. Not, not even uh, every, the best thought that we have, the best plan that we could conceive, the greatest imagination that we could have pales in comparison to your plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And your way. Father, I thank you that we're not ignorant of your ways as we feed on your word and as we yield to your spirit that you uh, show us the way and the path to walk in. 
And Father, I, I thank you for your plan for every person under the sound of my voice right now. I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. We apply that blood by faith in the blood. Deal with, deal with each of us according to your blood. Show mercy according to your blood. Uh, give direction according to your blood. Open up your word according to the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. That, that you don't leave us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The way that we would be without you, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Father, hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. I pray that every, every um, deposit that you have planned, the deposits, that, the seeds and the deposits that you, that you plant in the, our hearts, I pray that every deposit that you have ordained to be received in this place this morning, I pray that every single one of those will enter into the hearts of your children and the hearts of those who you've called back into your house and back and into your family. Father, I thank you that the power of the seed of your word will produce after its own kind. And there's nothing that can stop the power of that seed if we'll just yield and we'll just allow and we'll just uh, water that seed with our, our mouth and with our words. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah, that the, when your words come in, there is such light, such revelation, and such understanding. So, Father, I pray right now that every heart, every spirit, every person here will open our spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes to see what you know we need. Oh, you know so much more. You're so much greater. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that even... Even when we didn't think we didn't think we needed what you're supplying, that you knew exactly what we needed and you made a supply, that you have chosen us in Christ before the world began, before time began. Father, we thank you for that. I declare in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his word and the blood and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus that every part of your plan for these that are here and these that are listening will come to pass. We plead the blood of Jesus over your plan for their lives, for our lives, for our church. Father, I thank you that you have defeated the devil in all of his forms and all of his manifestations. I thank you that you've given us light and that you're giving us more light and more understanding and that we don't walk in darkness for we are your children, but we are those who walk in the light. Father, I thank you for a great light shining in hearts that will, uh, even as Paul wrote to Timothy, by the inspiration of your spirit, under the power of your spirit, that uh, there will be like a great awakening from a sleep and a slumber that the devil has tried to pull the wool over eyes and tried to cause a, a cloud to come. But Father, thank you that Jesus came and a light shined. Hallelujah, and deliverance comes. Hallelujah, that you grant repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that we may escape the snares that the devil puts up. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, thank you. We can live by faith and we can trust you. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's some... Uh, <laughs> Jesus told Peter, 
Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Yes. Amen. How many of you are a believer this morning? You're part of the body of Christ. Do you know the Lord works through his body? You know he has you joined to the body exactly where he wants you joined to the body? Do you know that you have a, 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 an alerting one on the inside of you who will alert you to pray, stand in the gap, uh, that you can make a difference in uh, people's lives that you may never meet and also people's lives that you may meet. If you just yield to that, it's on the inside of you. If you just yield to that, he will, um, he'll use you. you know, Some say, well, I feel like the Lord's using me. Well, haven't you been praying for that? <laughs> I feel so used. <laughs> well, Hallelujah. Let's rejoice together. <laughs> Isn't that what you asked for? Yeah, but I didn't know it was going to feel like this, you know. I didn't know it was going to cost me some rest and sleep. And, you know, praise the Lord. You can sleep when you die. No, you need to take care of your body, get rest, but you need to be fully yielded to the Lord. Everything you have, everything you are, you know, Lord, it's not my life I'm living. I'm living your life. I make myself available to you. And I uh, thank you that you use me. Right. Hallelujah. And then when the answer comes, don't resist the answer. <laughs> Human flesh is funny. And begging the Lord, pleading with the Lord. You're not going to get anything that way. Eventually, you find the word on it and you stand in faith. Lord, I'm asking you for this, and I know because I come with your precious word that this is coming to pass. And it starts to show up, and you're kind of like, well, this isn't exactly how I was thinking it would appear. Can I just have it my way? I mean, I've been to Burger King. You know, the life of a believer who's walking in fellowship with the Lord is a life that's humbled under the mighty hand of God. So, oh, Lord, oh, was that how you want to do it? Oh, okay. We're not going to let you die. I said, we're not going to let you die. Praise the Lord. So Wigglesworth, you know, he's at the bus stop, and this woman, his little pup dog or something, little dog, and she's getting ready to get on the bus, and she's like, uh, go home, sweetie. Go home, sweetie. Go home, go home. The dog's like, oh, you're paying me attention. I'm going to stay closer to you now. Go home, go home. Well, finally the bus shows up and, you know, <laughs> she said the same thing, but she meant something different. 
She said, go home. That little dog put its tail between his legs and shot off home. Wigglesworth saw that and he just said out loud, that's how you got to do the devil. You can't just be like, oh, little devil. Oh, please don't do that. You know, I don't like how that feels. Let's talk about it for a while. You realize if I have to get on the bus and you're still here, it's not going to be good for you. And let's just have a little discussion. What do you think? You think you should go home? Don't you think you should go home? Don't you think you should stop bothering me? Isn't somebody going to do something about these, these demons and these devils bothering my family? Isn't somebody going to do something about these devils and these demons bothering me? If you don't, probably no. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? If you don't do something about it, it's probably not going to happen. Somebody ought to do something. And I, I suppose since you're the one that recognizes somebody needs to do something, you are probably the somebody who needs to do something. And if you don't know what to do, well, you, you can uh, uh, find somebody at the church, find somebody, you know, come see us, whatever. You know, you shouldn't have a lifestyle of that for certain, but we'll teach you. <laughs> but you have to do something about it yourself. But you say, I don't have the power. Well, if you're a believer, you might just be unaware that you, there is a greater power in you but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And when you stand against, when I stand against the devil, I don't stand against, in the name of Timothy, I stand against you. No, I don't stand. Never said that in my life. Well, now I have. Huh? Well, if I did that here this morning, it would be embarrassing for all of us. Because you know the seven sons of Sceva. they like, uh, what is that? What did that? Who did that? Uh, you come out in the name of, uh, what did he say in church? Oh, that Jesus. You know, the one Paul was preaching. You know, Paul was preaching about that one and said they stripped him naked and they ran away defeated. You know, to be stripped naked is also to be exposed and to be found lacking. And it also is a shameful thing. I mean, Adam and Eve realized they were naked and they became full of shame. Man, you do it with the Lord. You know the Lord. You're like, I'm doing exactly what Jesus would do if he were right here in this situation right now. In fact, it is by his name. So I'm not going to accept it. So don't accept what the devil brings you. Accept what God brings you. Resist the devil. Accept Jesus. And his way. Right? And the Bible teaches in Peter uh, that first you submit yourself to God. Then you resist the devil at his very onset. The second you catch a whiff that he is involved in any way, shape, form, or fashion, go home to that dog. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. 
when it seems like all the circumstances uh, are adding up against you, all your words that you have spoken are adding up against you, there's no greater time than to get the blood of Jesus in full view. Like, I'm not doing this based on me anyhow. So the devil gets you focused on yourself in, in, in many ways. You know, you don't really need to pray about this. You know, actually, if every Christian were just like you, everything would just be fine. <laughs> well, if that doesn't work on you, you know, you got a special assignment. Well, if that doesn't work on you, then you'll get the other. You know, you're like the worst of the worst. You might as well just give up. You might as well quit. It'd be better off if you were dead. Like, the enemy does not play fair. So don't put up with his anything. So at the very hint of anything. And uh, the enemy, uh, many times, will get advantage of uh, believers because of uh, your flesh and your mind that hasn't been renewed. So like every temptation that you have is not from him. Some of them certainly are, but you might, your flesh just might have certain things that your flesh wants. Well, a lot of times there's no, no uh, demonic activity involved in that whatsoever, but the second that you start partaking of that, you, you're opening yourself up. Well, it's not a difficult thing. You just, you just come by the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. You know, come to yourself, who you really are. Uh, Dad Hayden tells a story about... Um, uh, he was at this meeting, holding a meeting, and the meetings were kind of like dead. And uh, one night, uh, this guy in the service, the Lord came on him, and he, he responded to the Lord. And man, that changed the entire service, changed the entire, all the meetings. And so after a day or two of this, people started getting born again, filled with the Spirit, healed, set free. So, uh, but the problem was, uh, he had seen this man in town earlier earlier in that uh, Weak, and he saw him walk into this place. He called it a place of ill repute. You just let your mind go wherever. I don't know. Different generations. So he saw him walk in there, and then uh, he, he was kind of like, "Lord, why? In the, how could you use this man? I mean, I saw what he did. This lady, you know. I'm not going to point to any people. This lady, you know. She's the most spiritual person in the church." How come you didn't use her? The Lord said, I didn't use her because I couldn't use her. When she was young, I called her to be a missionary to such and such a country. And she has refused to go. She's in her like 70s or 80s now. She's been open in, in open rebellion to me for like 60 years. I would use her if I could, but I can't. And what you don't know is when that man walked into that place, he came to himself and said, 
Lord, forgive me. What am I doing here? Walked out. She comes up to me black and dark, and he comes up to me uh, white and pure. Look at the story of the prodigal son. It really doesn't matter what condition you find yourself in when you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will cleanse you. He will purify you. He'll take crooked things and he will make them straight. Come on, you're looking for, you're looking for a change. You're looking for direction. You're looking for protection. It's all in him. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. Come on, just humble yourself before him. Let him come in. Let him have you. Everything that you are. Greatest thing that could happen to you today is that you just release all of your ambition, all of your plans, all of your thoughts, everything that you, you dream that you want to be and just let Jesus be your Lord. Make him the Lord of your life. If he's already the Lord of your life, that you're saying, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Not my plan, but your plan. I want everything you have for me. I'm not going to miss out on anything. Come on, the devil will lie to you. He'll bring you all these kinds of things. You know you're going to miss out. You know you're not going to have be fulfilled in life. You'll never get that. He is a liar. Why are you listening to him? It's a, it, it, it is not right for you to let the devil steal from you. It is not right for you to let the devil get in your mind and, and wreak havoc and destroy you from the inside out, get you to think his thoughts after him. The devil is full of lust. And when I say lust, super strong desire. So much so that Jesus said when an evil spirits are gone out of a man, they walk through dry places seeking rest and find none, and they say to themselves, well, I'm going to go back into the place where I came from. Why? Because they thirst and they yearn for expression. Well, any believer has authority over all the power of the devil and does not have to accept the devil and his thoughts and his ways. Those are not your thoughts. That's not who you are. You are a child of the God of all gods, the king of all kings. You have no business allowing those thoughts in your head. You say, Satan, you take your thoughts and you leave in the name of Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. I refuse your thoughts. Sometimes, sometimes the most powerful thoughts that the devil tries to implant into your mind is that's just the natural order of things. That's just the way it happens. When you are this age, that's what happens. You know, because of all your mistakes, your life is done for now. 
just get ready for mediocrity. It's just going to be like, uh. I really can't. The Lord really can't do anything with, with how, what the situation you got yourself into. I mean, he'll do a little bit. You know, the devil will talk to you based on your amount of revelation. You know, Kenneth Hagin uh, was laying in bed. He was paralyzed from the, from the waist down. And some of the time paralyzed, totally paralyzed for, for like uh, uh, weeks at a time. Well, he's there. And, uh, long story short, no, no help. And uh, except the Holy Ghost on the inside of him, the Spirit of the Lord kept drawing his attention to Mark eleven twenty three and 24. So your answer is in that verse. Your answer is in that verse. So finally, he, um, he sees it. He grabs hold of that verse with his spirit by praising the Lord with his mouth. You know, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Whoever says to this mountain. So he said, I believe I received my healing right now. He grabbed hold of the bedpost, had no strength in his legs, flipped his legs off the bed and they just fell like they were dead. But he began to praise the Lord. He said, he said, I didn't expect it to happen as fast as it did. He said, I knew it happened. I just didn't know how fast. It's about 10 minutes he's holding on to that bedpost. All of a sudden he said it seemed like all this warm honey, felt like warm honey oozing down over his body. All of a sudden his legs received strength and he stood up from what he received from the word. He didn't tell anybody in his family until he told his mother and he said, now tomorrow I'm going to come, you know, I'm going to come eat breakfast. She's like, you can't even get up, you're going to die. He's like, mom, I've been up for like a day, day and a half. Like, just do it. So he goes up, has breakfast, his whole family, his grandfather's there. His grandfather said, is Lazarus raised from the dead? <laughs> right? So he goes, well, the Lord healed him, but he, his muscles had atrophied, so he would get tired like super quick. So he goes uh, to his room to rest, to re recuperate after having breakfast. Walks to his room. <laughs> the devil must have not liked that. <laughs> So he walks to his room. So the devil comes and speaks to him and says, before, when he was in the bed, healing's been done away with. That died with the last apostle. That's nowhere in the Bible. Anyhow. Well, he received the word and he overcame that lie. But then do you know what happened? He's resting after he got up. After the Lord had healed him, he's resting in his bed. The enemy came to him and said, healing's true, all right. But the Bible says, it's been appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And this is your time to die. You're going to die. That devil does not give up easy. Every step of the way. So he prepared to die. He got back in the bed, started to lose strength till the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him again. So I don't need to go up more with that story. But so you realize the enemy is trying to kill you if you will let him, but you don't have to let him. He can't, you know, uh, Keith Moore said, uh, the, the devil uh, really came after Keith Moore and, uh, you know, told him he was going to kill him. And, 
all the while the enemy is speaking to you, if you check on the inside, the Lord will actually lead you out and give you light. So he's checking, and the Lord spoke to him and said, why don't you ask him why he hasn't already killed you? Amen. If you're so powerful, Mr. Devil, how come you haven't already killed me? Because he can't. But if you yield your tongue to him, you start believing what he's telling you, and then you believe it so much you say it, you declare it, he'd get advantage over you. He didn't even kill you with his own power. He, he killed you with the power of your tongue. That's pretty pathetic. You get to heaven. Like, Lord, why am I here? The Lord said, why did you say that? <laughs> you know, Pastor Mark talks about that. I like it because I was, you know, I have my private pilot's license. I haven't flown in years, but I have my license. And so, uh, you know, the little planes that I flew, just so you know, they didn't have a little black box. But anyhow, he talks about the little black box in the airplane. You know, why'd the plane go down? Why'd you go down? What did they do? They check the little black box, which is technically orange. <laughs> they check that box and they say, what's the last thing they said? To find out what happened. So if the Lord checks your little black box, he's gonna say, what's he going to hear you saying? <laughs> it's not going to work. Everything's going to fall apart. No, no. Well, he'll put you back in a brand new plane. Get you set up. It still has a black box. Your, your words. Your words have life or death in them. The power of life and death. The power of life and death. Speak words of life. I believe I'm getting better. I believe this situation is temporary. I believe there's more money coming in. Oh, this is a hard one, but it's really easy if you apply the blood of Jesus. I believe my relationship is improving. You know how fulfilling my marriage is? How could you have a fulfilling marriage? Well, you do what the Bible says concerning your role in your marriage. And then you, you take your faith like the woman did with that little dog. She meant business. And you say, you know, my marriage is so fulfilling. You know, we're growing more and more every day. Closer to the Lord and closer to each other. You know, we have the closest relationship. You know, this is heaven on earth. But it doesn't feel like heaven on earth. It doesn't sound like heaven on earth. It's not heaven on earth. And it never will be until you change what you're believing. And the only way you can change what you're believing is you grab hold of what the Word of God says. The marriage is blessed by God. Don't let the devil curse it. 
If you're married, you say, I have a blessed marriage. Well, that's good. I'm glad you guys said it. It's like the Lord saw Abram and said, I have made you the father of many nations. So I've been praying for my children's, my, my son's wives and my daughter's husband since they were in the womb. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't even know where we're at. Praise the Lord. I, I, must, uh, I must give you this. Jack, you say something about Jack? Jack. That's right, you get your mouth moving. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, he has ordained praise. Just laugh. Laugh because God is greater than the devil. Just laugh because the devil is trying to paint such a... He's going to so much effort, so much energy to paint this picture. So you'll just respond to this picture. But Jesus already gave you light that shines that darkness, shines in that darkness and drives it all away. Like... <laughs> Especially if the devil just got an advantage over you. You just ought to laugh at him. <laughs> like a mocking laugh. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. He'll say, what, what are you laughing at? Well, I'm laughing at you. Why are you laughing at me? As you think you're deceiving me. You, you think I'm going to fall for your tricks. Well, you have every, every time before. <laughs> you know, you have a weakness in that area, so you always fall for that. <laughs> Why are you still laughing? You know what? I, I'm not doing this based on me. Praise God. <laughs> I, I'm doing this based on Jesus. Well, what's that have to do with you? He's my Lord. You know, to get to me, you've got to go through him. He's the governor of my life. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm glorifying him in my body and in my spirit, which are the Lord's. You know, your body doesn't even belong to you. If you're, if you're married, your body doubly doesn't belong to you. I really like, uh, there's a little book called In Christ by A.J. Gordon. In that book, he says basically, you know, religion tries to get you to be holy in order to um, come into union with God. But the method of the gospel is precisely the opposite. It is, I'm going to unite you with Christ in order to make you holy. So, so we're, not, uh, we're not really 
trying to make ourselves right. Your greatest effort, your most diligence, the greatest discipline that you could exercise and exert in your own life is not good enough. And that is not a message of failure and defeat. That's a message of victory. Jesus set you free. Jesus set you free. Hallelujah. Uh, Exodus. They were just making this the main message, so if you want the children to go out, they can. If you want them to stay, they can. I don't really care. Uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 22. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop. You know what hyssop is? Do you have hyssop? I do. You have some hyssop? Does it smell good? I've been growing it for years. Hyssop. <laughs> so, so hyssop is kind of like a minty type of plant. It's got like purple, well, it can have purple, white, or red flowers, you know. So, so this is, of course, the story of Exodus. When God is leading the children out of uh, Israel... Okay, all the kids are going. Lead them out of Israel. What does he say to do over the doorposts and the lintel of the door? Apply what? Blood. Blood. With what? The hyssop. Take the hyssop, dip it in the, the whatever, the urn with the blood, that you put the blood in of, of a lamb. This is Passover, you know, Passover. And put it on the doorposts. And when the Lord comes by, and then the angel of death behind him, that he'll make that angel of death to pass over your house. So the firstborn will not be touched. Right? So take the hyssop, Exodus 12, 22, and you'll take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that's in the basin. Well, let me just give you a, a, little, a little thing because the service is going a little different. So there they put the blood on with the, the plant that was the hyssop. But the hyssop of the New Testament is your confession of faith. That you apply the blood with your confession of faith. You know, it, you know it's the hyssop of faith, but faith is a confession. Faith is a declaration. Faith is a stand. So you apply the blood with your mouth over your life. Well, what's interesting is uh, they, they applied the blood over these uh, doorposts and the lintel across the doorposts. Well, when Israel first was in Egypt, they were like um, living in tents, like nomads, living in tents. Well, after they had been there for so long, uh, you know, uh, the, the problem was, even when Moses was raised up, they started to take on the characteristics of the Egyptians. And so uh, they were building all these buildings for the Egyptians, so they ended up building for themselves houses down by the, the Delta area. And so because it was so wet there, that they would use the stone to build the houses. So they had stone posts and a stone lintel. Well, the Egyptians had some really strange beliefs. And so the Egyptians... You know, they believe that uh, man was a five-part being. And I don't want to get into all the parts that they believe, but one of the parts that they believe made up a human was your name. That your name was one of your five parts. And so much so did they believe this 
that the, those that had real wealth, of course, like the, the, the pharaohs and uh, those ruling, all these, you see the big, um, well, you know the pyramids, but then also like the big towers and all of that. Well, they would like have their names carved in stone because they believed if your name was not written in stone where it couldn't be wiped away, that after you died, you couldn't like, your whole self couldn't be joined in what they considered to be heaven. So that's why they built these great pyramids and did all this stuff. So because this, this one lady, she was like the Pharaoh's wife and then uh, she died and the next Pharaoh didn't like her. So went and found every place where her name was written and scratched it all out to curse her in the afterlife. Anyhow, the Hebrews started to pick up some of these customs. And so on the lintel and doorposts of these homes, they act, the, the Hebrews wrote their own names. So when they were taking the hyssop and dipping it in the basin of blood, they were wiping blood over the names of everyone in their family. So true is this, that archaeologists have gone over there and they have recovered some of these doorposts and lentils and found the names on them. So, you know, we're talking about the blood and families. I think there's not a much better illustration than to see, like, that the doorpost was the entry to where the family lived. That in your family, in my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That we apply the blood of Jesus with the hyssop of faith in that blood over our family. I don't know what my children are getting into. Boy, they're turning out bad. They're probably going to end up in jail. They'll probably be dead before they're 20 if they keep acting like that, you know. That is not the hyssop of faith in the blood. That is, let me say what I see. Let me say every thought that comes to me. There is no telling at least I, I don't understand it, this side of heaven, and maybe the Lord will see, me, see fit to give us more glimpses of it. But you know how much power you have in the life of your children and what you believe about them. People, people will rise to the level of your belief, of their belief of your belief in them. So if I believe that my daughter, because she's the only one in here, if I believe my daughter is a failure and she's not going to succeed, do you know I'm going to have that attitude in talking to her? But if I have a spirit of faith, that even, especially when everything looks like it's, she's failing, she's not going to make it, it's going to turn out horrible, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Amen. If I'm looking at her and her strength and her ability, I'm going to fumble all over it. If I keep my eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ, right. but she did this, look at the power of God. 
But she did this. Look at how the blood of Jesus cleanses the darkest sin, the deepest sin. Look, it'll remove, it'll redeem. There is so much power in the blood of Jesus to take everything in your life, everything in your family's life, everything in a, a lost person, someone who's cursing God right now, someone who is, is what we would consider the most evil person on earth. There is so much power in the blood of Jesus to take that man, that woman, and cleanse them from every bit of it. Amen. Completely released, completely gone. Well, you focus on how much power there is in the blood of Jesus, it'll change your personality. You'll be a different person. Why? You're so focused on you. <laughs> Just focus on Jesus, his sacrifice, what he did. You were the joy set before him. You are the reason he endured the cross and despised the shame. Yeah to bring you back and to bring you in. Imagine if I could take Evie and uh, take her up in an airplane. I'll put her in the left seat. All right, we're going to fly. I have to talk about a light airplane because that's all I flew. So I'll say like, okay, Evie, let's go. Bring your throttle up. We'll do the whole checklist, but let's fast forward this. Come to the end of the runway. Get clearance. I say, now, bring the throttle up. Put your feet on the pedals. Just go straight down that runway. Keep, your, keep the nose wheel right on that middle line. When you see that hit 60, you just start pulling back like that. She does it. Take off. Taking off is super easy, unless it's super windy. So anyhow, she takes right off, flying in the air. This is great, Daddy. This is great. You remember flying a little bit? Yeah, so I'd take her in her little car seat, <laughs> strap it in, you know, and uh, well, then you got to teach her to land and do all this. So she's going to have, especially because I'm her dad, she's going to have like a lot of confidence with me there flying in that airplane. But you know, like, in many things in life. But you know, I can't go everywhere with her. Right. Imagine just like if you're one of the disciples with Jesus. I mean, Jesus is with you. <laughs> I mean, I guess at some point, hopefully they got to the point. I'm trying to remember if there's a scripture that says this, you know, but. Because uh, it seemed like uh, you could look at the disciples and think, what is wrong with you ignorant people? You're traveling with Jesus. Like, have some faith. <laughs> what are we going to do? Jesus, you know. Well, eventually they started to have so some faith in him. But, you know, Jesus couldn't be everywhere all the time. Amen. So not only did the, his blood, he shed his blood. And not only did that blood 
remove all of the sin and the nature of sin from us, but you know his blood actually cleansed us in such a way Hyssop, actually, natural hyssop, they, they would use it because it has a cleansing power. And actually, uh, they, they believe it had also had a healing agent. You know, your words are so important. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, uh, you know, they that love it will eat the fruit of it. So uh, if you love life, you're going to eat the fruit of... If you love life, you're going to eat the fruit of Life. How are you going to love life with your tongue? You speak words of life. Words of life. Well, so not only did the blood of Jesus cleanse us, made us recreated in him so that his own spirit could live in us. So you would never, ever again, never, ever, ever be alone. He said, he will, the spirit, his, Jesus said, my spirit will come and live in you at least while you're on earth. No, he said forever, 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 never ending. So you're never alone. So like there's some things I can teach my daughter. But I don't live on the inside of her. But thank God someone so much greater than me. The perfect father. Put the spirit of Christ on the inside of her. So wherever she goes, whatever she does, if she'll pay attention to him, she will live a blessed life. Well, that's not just her. That's every child of God. And she, she didn't get that because she's my daughter. She got that because she's a daughter of God because she made Jesus Christ the Lord of her life. You know, you have what you say, what you believe, what you say. All my kids gave their life to the Lord by like around five and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit by like six or seven. Yeah, my little kids, they just go around the house praying in other tongues. Now they're not so little bit. Well, you apply that blood with your mouth over the doorway to your family. I believe the blessing of the Lord is coming on my family. I'm giving you an example. I believe the blessing of the Lord is hitting them right now. Answer those thoughts. You, but you know how old they are. You know what they're doing. You know where they're at. You know what they're exposed to. You know what the world is like today. Have you ever looked at social media? Have you ever looked at the news? You know what's going on. You know they're going to be corrupted. You, you know, all these thoughts just come, right? Right? Well, the correct response is not to sit and meditate on the thoughts. The correct response is to speak the word of God with your mouth, faith in your heart coming out of your mouth. Like, like,
like as important to you as feeding yourself three meals a day or if you eat two meals a day or one meal a day. In fact, in fact, just take natural things and use them for spiritual purposes. Just say, you know what? Every time I eat a meal, I'm going to speak life in the blood of Jesus, faith in the blood over my family. Every time I eat. Before, before anything hits my mouth. Father, I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus in so-and-so's life. I thank you that wherever they're at right now, whatever's happening, I, I, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I have faith in the blood. Father, do with them and to them and around them according to the work of the blood of Jesus. May everything that you have planned for them in your own heart, Father, I have some good thoughts towards my children, but I know your thoughts are even better. May all of your plans come to pass by the power of the blood of Jesus. Give them a revelation of the blood. I've spoken the word to them, so you remind them of those scriptures right now in the name of Jesus. And if even if you know scriptures, I do that for people all the time. If you can sow the word, you can pray the word. So I, if I get a chance to talk to somebody, if I sow the word, you better look out because later I'm saying, Lord, you said you bring all things to our remembrance, whatever you have spoken to us. And this word has been spoken to them. So I want this word showing up in their dreams. I want it showing up in their thoughts. I want, I want someone to come uh, by, uh, by them. And I want that word to come right back to them. That they cannot escape that word. Because God's word, words contain his power. God's word contain, words contain his deliverance. Come on, when they passed through the Red Sea, it was a type of us passing through the blood of Jesus. That our enemies, that blood, that sacrifice, that death on the cross defeated every single one of our enemies and freed every single one of us. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus. What can wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make you whole again? Come on, you feel like something's missing, something's lacking. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What would it be like if we let the blood of Jesus, the knowledge of the power of the blood of Jesus, dominate our thoughts and find, find a home in our imaginations, that we would be thinking about the blood constantly. In fact, the Lord himself lives in constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus. Come on, they would enter into the, enter into the, the, the earth-made tabernacle, but they would, only enter, they would only enter by what? Blood. By the blood. The altar and the burnt offering in the earthly temple there was a continual sprinkling of, sprinkling of blood on that altar from day until night. Sprinkled all day long, continuously, all day long. That's in the, in the outer area. And then in the holy place, uh, the golden altar uh, of incense and the veil. You know what? Same thing. Sprinkled with blood all day long, day to night. And then you know in the most holy place, only once a year could the priest go there. And on that golden throne for God himself, he would offer a spotless, sinless, what? Lamb. The presence of the Lord on the mercy seat. 
Well, Hebrews chapter 9, we probably don't have a lot of time to go there, but Hebrews chapter 9, uh, we learn that we no longer have an earthly temple or tabernacle because Jesus put an end to that. He offered his blood once and for all. Verse 12 of chapter 9, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. You are redeemed with perfect blood of a perfect man who perfectly gave his whole self, his whole life. Leviticus says the life is in the blood. Christ's blood has redeemed you. Christ's blood has delivered you. That you're not trying to do everything perfect in order for God to accept you or to bless you or to talk to you. But you actually have been made, have been perfected by the blood of Jesus. The inflowing of that blood purges out every uh, defect and every infirmity and every curse. Hallelujah. Because of the power of the blood of Jesus. So you're not, we're not trying to get God to accept us. We are accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. We're accepted in him. Well, if I'm not coming in him or by him, uh, then I'm trying like, Lord, accept me. You know, I mean, Jesus said, from now on, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Well, why did he say that? Well, before they would just talk to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you know, we need this. You know, all these people need food. You know, we need a lot of food. All these people, they've been listening to you teach all day. You're going over. <laughs> we need food. As long as you're trying to measure up, you are not appropriately, appropriately receiving the blood and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you begin to live your life in light of the power of the blood of Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. It says our faith in my version, but that's not what the original says. It literally says he's the author of faith and the finisher of faith or the completer of faith. So it all begins and ends in him. He's the originator. So looking unto Jesus, the author of faith, the finisher of faith. Not looking unto yourself. So if I'm going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to, connect with God himself. I'm not doing that in my own power, own strength, or by looking at myself. So I'm not looking like, hey, you know, Lord, I'm a pastor, so you need to meet with me. I feel like that's how the Lord would do me. <laughs> Man, he might just start laughing, chuckling. 
Or I, I'm just like putting in front of my mind's eye all my mistakes. Not all my mistakes, they make my recent mistakes. I'm like, sure hope the Lord does something about this situation. But I know I have messed up. God is not a man. He is the God of all gods. He is love. He is mercy. He's full of grace. Because of the blood of Jesus, when you come with the blood of Jesus, he will not deal with you according to your sins. He will not deal with you according to your weaknesses. He will not deal with you according to even your knowledge. He'll deal with you according to the blood of Jesus. Will you approach the word of God, his word like that? That you are chosen. Like he literally chose you. You know all the stuff you know about you? He knows even more. You know, if you ever find yourself feeling sorry for yourself, you're like, oh, Lord, I, I messed up so much, and I've done this, and I've done that, and oh, da, 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 da. well, just stop yourself and realize he knows even more than that. <laughs> T.L. Osborne said uh, you should think because thinking is the hardest thing, job you can do in the world. Don't be afraid to think. So then just think about that. That he knows all, all of your junk and even the junk that you don't realize that you have. He knows all that. And while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So I think about that sometimes. And I think, now, your thoughts are higher, your ways are higher. You have a lot more wisdom. I mean, you created everything. You know everything. You knew what was going to happen. You know what will happen. And you chose me. Well, then I grab hold of Psalm 19, verse 128. I esteem your precepts above all else to be true. And I hate every false way. And I'm like, well, okay, well. I know you know more than me. <laughs> it's a big revelation. <laughs> Pastor of a church in Michigan, he said, my greatest revelation after 35 years of ministry is God knows more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but you let yourself think about that. Now you can start thinking about the power of the blood of Jesus. You'll, you'll realize the love of God and the power of the blood that if God has chosen me, knowing everything I know, but a whole lot more than I know. You think of that, I think Jesus, when he ascended on high, before he ascended, he transferred his authority to his church. He said, all authority, all authority has been given to, I don't know if he talked like that. He's probably laughing. <laughs> All authority has been given to me. You go to all nations. Yeah. 
because all authority has been given to me, you go. And you look at what the church has done with it. If you get in your mind, you think like the Lord made a mistake. But if you start meditating on it, you're like, wait a second. You sent your son. You're not stupid or foolish. You knew exactly what would happen. You know exactly. You must know a lot I don't know. But he delegated his authority to you as part of his body. Because not only do we have faith in him, but more importantly, he has faith in us. I think appropriate way to say he has faith in Christ in us. He has faith in the power of Christ in us. He believes that the spirit of Christ living on the inside of you is greater than the spirit that's in the world. He believes that what you're going to do is trust him. He believes that what you're going to do is take the love that he has poured into you more than you can contain, that you're going to take that same love and you're going to give it away just like he did for you. He believes you're more than able. I, I, don't, I don't really like to think of it this way, but I don't have a better way to say it right now, but the Lord doesn't make bad investments. His one and only son he sent because he loves you. He doesn't want you to be dominated by the curse in any form, shape, or fashion. He set you free. Stand with me if you would. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the power of the blood. There is no situation that is further than the power of the blood of Jesus. Come on. It's 2023. People's flesh can be pretty creative, but it's been just as creative in all history. I mean, the Lord's not looking down from heaven and saying, uh, Jesus, they came up with a new sin. You got to go back and shed your blood again. They're so creative. No, he, he made provision for every single, every single uh, inability or weakness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, He is the way to the Father, and He is the way to freedom, and He's the way to blessing, and He's the way to be delivered. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way than through Him. It doesn't matter what the, the greatest experts say. Uh, Jesus is the way and the answer. If you'd like to make Him the Lord of your life, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. God loves you, has a plan for your life. We're not going to let the devil steal from you. We're going to let the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you for your hand of mercy. That you are a merciful Father. That you so show mercy on the just and the unjust, that you are a God of great mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for your blessing. That you bless us and keep us, make your face shine upon us. That you give us your peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just uh, all pray this together. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sins. And to make me right with you. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I'm not living for myself any longer. You are the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's uh, worship the Lord.